Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? So I guess we're going to get spooky, huh? I think we are. Because you know what? The one thing I'd say about this year Mm -hmm. is that it Uh hasn't been frightening and anxiety-ridden enough. That it's important no, it hasn't. to add a layer of because, but you know what? Truly, the one, the one feeling I've been missing mostly is spooky. Yes, because mm-hmm. even in our new well, there's place, a difference between spooky and existential dread. Yes, because <laughs> spooky, you actually feel alive. It's yeah. kind of fun. In dread, you're just like, I'm dying. Am I day. dying? Am I dying? But yeah. I'm alive. I'm technically more corpulent. I'm more filled with food and water than ever before. Right. But at the same time, I'm a skeleton. Indeed. <laughs> But yeah, even my own house now that we have like we've been kind of going nuts with the Halloween decorations, mm-hmm. kind of putting shit everywhere. And the other day, how long are you going to keep those up? If you keep oh. them up until Thanksgiving, you guys are psycho. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see them going away anytime soon. And we, I love that you like Halloween decorations. You're just decorating your house. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Natalie thinks that the, sh- the seasons will change. And I was like, I'm not moving this shit to a storage unit. This stuff's staying inside of this Absolutely. house. Absolutely. But it's all like motion censored, like frightening things. Because we've been trying to find more spots in the house where we'll scare people if you Dude, go in the room. So done with you, by the way. I just finished taking a lengthy pee and I freaking opened Opened the bathroom door at Henry's house, and I damn near punched the freaking skeleton that cackled at me. It's true. As if it saw me piss, it was just like, how many beers? And I'm like, I'm actually drinking more water than I usually do. But the other day, <laughs> Nat forgot to shut the alarm off and set the alarm off in the morning, and I was trying to sleep, and then the whole house just burst into a security alarm, and then it's like, whoa! <laughs> You're living like hurt and scared stupid. Yes. <laughs> that was the goal. Alright, welcome to the last podcast on the left everyone i am ben with marcus and with henry why are we talking about spooky things because this episode it's all spooky spaghetti it's creepy pasta is there any other term for it like um i don't know like stories creepy yeah. crepes <laughs> maybe creep, creepy crepes something is like that ma- malevolent man- manicotti, manicotti. Ooh, malevolent manicotto when it's nice about the <laughs> italian accent is that we can still do it <laughs> really? We can still go out there and go, I'm not going to have the Italian council coming at me because they're too busy hiding the bodies. Indeed. Busy folks feeding them to rats, which I do after having a rat in my house. We talked about this uh, when discussing the Iceman. I firmly believe they can eat a human body. 
Of course they can. Absolutely. Yeah. Rats are still the scariest thing that I have ever had to deal with in my home. Besides your roommates? <laughs> Besides my roommates. What about the time that somebody shit in your tub? Well, that wasn't scary to me because I wasn't even remotely close to there. And that woman married that man who dumped in the tub after she stepped in his poop. Folks, just have your partner step in your fecal matter. And if it's not love after that, you'll know. All right. Who is? We decided we're, we're, okay, we we're, said we're going to we're getting spooky. decide in show who reads the first spooky spaghetti, though. Marcus, make your case for why you think you should read first. <laughs> I think I should read first because I'm trying something a little different with oh. this first spooky spaghetti story. I well, is different the way to start? I would say. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to go first because mine chronologically might be earliest. All right. Well, I'm going to go first because mine is two minutes. All right. Let's just. But wait, hop. before we start, we got to get in the mood. Oh, yeah. Get him yeah. in the mood, buddy. Yeah, 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 we're in the gun. We're doing this, guys. All right. Halloween's approaching. Don't fucking think about the election. Don't think about you that. You just made them think I, about because it. Because I am projecting. <laughs> delete it. So we're sitting here because. Normally, I'm going to say, you know, roll up a big old hogs. Like, I think that that's that's already I'm presuming that maybe a protein based hogs leg. Well, nowadays you can get the you can get the THC water. You can get the THC gum. I'm saying right now, make get yourself hydrated and also deeply, deeply paranoid with some THC water. Roll up what I now do. And I got those rosin joints. I know what you have the, the crackle in it. This shit. Honestly, what's nice about it is that it alleviates your consciousness from being present. I I don't know. I just sat there and I was like, I can't believe I said that in seventh grade on the school bus. No wonder everybody hated me. And I just did that for seven hours when I had your spackling joint, whatever the hell you call it. (laughs) Well, that's because you're Cali sober right now. And what really helps that is bourbon. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did drink during the uh, during the debate because you got to have a little fun with it. Have to. Yeah. (laughs) Although I do. I do want to say when it comes to the THC weed vape before you get everyone in the in the mood when it comes to the thc weed water um i did buy like seven of them because i'm not trying to drink so much bls yeah mm-hmm. and i found if you drink six of those man bud light is like not not a drug <laughs> it's like i was just like holy shit how much have like and it was it got crazy oh my god yeah. um, <laughs> but i think it's important for everyone to get to a place where you're genuinely scared yeah so think about it because i feel like right now quarantine we're in the middle. Let's not. Normally, we like to stay timeless. Absolutely. But we're here in quarantine presently. And you're like, let's say you're alone. And how scary is that? I mean, I know that if you're single, there's mm. a lot of things about scary about being single, but also I think not. It might be scarier if you were with somebody you hated. But yeah, I'm sure. I mean, but the idea is that, like, you know, like if you're alone, like you go home late at night. And like, especially if you're some kind of nurse or you have to work outside of your home and you don't know who just comes inside of your house. And the idea of like uh-huh. the, your neighbors being turned against you just by society and just in their own worlds of paranoia and intensity. Mm-hmm. And eventually you'll find yourself realize that you are a lone victim in a sea of enemies. And isn't that scary? But also it's very <laughs> scary as well to be in a couple because it is, yes. you never really know your partner. No. You don't, because like, I was recently Look at watching that Chris Watts documentary. That's what I was just about yeah. to bring up: the Chris Watts family annihilator, the Chris Watts family annihilation. So the, this don't man sell it like it's know, a, like it's a shop product. That's what the it is. Chris Watts family annihilator. It, it, it kills any onions you need to have diced and sliced. You don't know your husband. 
You don't know your wife every day. They could be feeding you lies and they can sit and tell you every single thing that you want to hear and be everything to you that you want them to be. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Mm -hmm. One day they could meet somebody with brand new breasts and kill you (laughs) and the two kids in a blink of an eye. I don't know how you prepared people. I guess everyone's scared now. But But also ghosts. (laughs) <laughs> also ghosts right. so man fucking get high as shit because also this is ghosts. the only thing we got the this Henry is the only thing we fucking got the Henry Zabrowski story also ghosts um, <laughs> alright I will just jump us in here this is called dark web treasure hunt who doesn't love dark web treasure hunts how are they gonna see where the treasure is if it's so dark okay <laughs> man oh man here we go estimated reading time two minutes Let's do it. <laughs> Let's see if we can get it down clock, to a clock it. <laughs> All right. So here we go. It's birthday time. For my birthday, I'm reading now. Also, who wrote it? Let me do this. This was written by Richard Saxon. So that's very cool. S-A-X-O-N. Richard Saxon. Uh, the old Nick Saxon there. God knows you do that on a fucking public school bus. You will be killed. Okay. Get to the story. All right. For my birthday, I decided for my birthday, I decided to treat myself to a dark web mystery box gift. That is not sad at all. That's stupid. I, it was for his birthday. It was a service I'd used several times before, and they had never disappointed, sending heaps of useless but funny things to my doorstep. Happy birthday, a note on a box read. I picked up the package, placed on my doorstep, and noticed a letter was attached to it. Indeed. I wonder if it was a letter C. No, no, it was a letter that you read. There comes a time in every... Shut... There comes a t- this is this is the letter. I just feel like I'm stuck in a car with you, and I'm your son. And you're trying to connect with me. <laughs> it's like the movie Dutch. Uh, okay, this is what the freaking letter said. It said, "There comes a time in every man's life where their skills and knowledge has to be tested." With that in mind, I shall set you out on a treasure hunt. Please follow the instructions within the box, and for safety reasons, burn every letter once it's been opened or solved. Very much like uh, what was the name of that great te- television show? Uh, Get smart. Or or uh, the other cartoon. Is it like Get Smart? Well, yeah, thinking, because are you thinking it, about Inspector Gadget? Inspector Ga- Gadget. And then there's Mission Impossible. <laughs> the letter, the, the, when no, the no, gonna no. Detonate. Inspector Gadget, you have to destroy the letter, and he would always have a problem destroying the letter, and then he would just like give it to his daughter Penny, and then she would die or something. To my surprise, the note was signed by Pete, my best friend since childhood. It was a neat surprise, but I was confused as to exactly how he'd gotten involved with this anonymous service. Whether he was just an active user there himself who'd recognize me, or if he'd been contracted by, or if he'd been contacted rather by the website i didn't know nevertheless it seemed like a cool gift didn't it Mm. my first clue would simply be a piece of paper with two incoherent words written on it van mace okay van mace are the two words could it be a name maybe a location i sat down with it and contemplated the words in front of me after just a minute i realized it was an anagram the letters had been had, had the letters just had to be rearranged to form a new meaning. Yes, that's an so what, Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, explaining yeah. it to the reader, uh-huh. um, which is very nice of him to do that. So, what was the hidden? Me- me- uh, what do you think was the hidden message? Van Mass, Van, Van Mace? Mace, the hidden message. What do you think it was? Marcus? Van Mace, Van Mace uh, anagram. 
Rearrange the letters. Van Mace. Man uh, cave. It was man cave. Is the word you're looking I've for. heard of those at Home Depot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was a reference to Pete's Basement, a place we'd frequently spent our Saturday nights playing video games and drinking whiskey. Ooh. I burned the letter in accordance with the instructions and quickly made my way to the man cave. There I used my spare key to unlock the door, half expecting a surprise party. Instead, all I found was another clue. Oh, good. <laughs> An ace of spades and a picture. Both were pinned to a board with an unfamiliar knife. I removed the knife and checked out the clues. The picture itself was a place we frequently went as kids to smoke and relax. It seems like they were doing a lot of drugs and drinking as children. That actually sounds like a lot of fun. I wish I did more of that instead of using my imagination. (laughs) I definitely did that for the both of us, my friend. Mm -hmm. A beautiful field which no one knew about. Okay, so they would go smoke and relax in this beautiful field that no one knew about. It was just a short hike outside the city. I made my way there in about an hour. Our usual place was hidden in the shade beneath some trees. Why don't we have a place where we go, Kissel? Because we didn't secretly blow each other and be like, we're just getting drunk and we're just smoking joints. It's like sometimes you blow each other when you're doing that. Yeah, I guess you need a lot of room. (laughs) Yes, indeed. You want to be under a tree. Once there, I noticed a shovel sticking out of the ground. On top, lay some fresh dirt. Because also, you know, the ace of the ace of spades is the card of death. Isn't that something? Spade. It's a hint. Spade. Mm-hmm. Ace of what he's about to talk about. Interesting. Spade. Uh-huh. Ace of spades. Very creative. I chuckled to myself. Spade. <laughs> ace of spades. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> Great job. Without hesitation, I picked it up and started digging through the hole. Uh, after less than a minute, I hit something solid. Expecting another clue, I bent down and brushed away the dirt. As I put my hand on the cold surface, I immediately retracted it in shock. It was Pete! Buried under the dirt, dead from multiple stab wounds to his chest. In shock, I called the police, devastated by the loss of my best friend. Well, I, I don't wa- believe you. I don't believe mother. <laughs> well, I waited. I sat down and tried to figure out what the hell happened. Well, it seems like he was stabbed a bunch. Yeah. Um, that's when I realized that I had burned every note. And that my fingerprints were all over the murder scene. From the strange knife in the basement to the key. And the shovel itself used to bury him. I'd been set up. That's how it ends. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like that's how your life will end. (laughs) I've been set up. All right, all right. So anyway, Richard Saxon, he didn't kill his friend Pete. He was set up. He was set I up. I just love that the end of the that the end of the movie is just the idea that he had been set up. Do we know was he found guilty? Is there well, just, no? Because then we have to get into jurisprudence and we have to talk about fucking crime scenes. And we have to get into forensics, all this bullshit. We got to find out if he got a good atten- a defense attorney. Yeah. And find if he rolls out the oh, whole thing that he money. was molested. Yeah. You know, and how often him and and Pete used to go blow each other in that field, and maybe he felt it wasn't consistent. <laughs> Central. It's yeah. like a whole thing. He throws Pete under the bus. You got, what's his name? Baez? Absolutely. Dark web treasure hunt. Great job, Mr. Saxon. All right. Okay. Very nice. You, who goes now? Should I go? Go or ahead. You, go go? ahead. Uh, I, you go ahead, my friend. You go ahead. What I try to do this episode is that, uh, you know, I've read a lot of erotica. And I've surprised their audience time and time again. You read a lot of Bigfoot erotica. I did. And then a lot of Mothman erotica and a lot of Slenderman erotica. And I feel that this time my goal was to try to be spooky. Okay. Because I needed it. I needed to see some ghosts. I needed to see a werewolf. I needed to be pressed down upon by a Dracula. Okay. So this is a real article from the Alton Daily Telegraph. This is from December 8th. 1890. Damn. Ooh. Wow. 
going back in time. Going back in time. Back in time. <laughs> One ghost story is nearly always productive of another. There is something peculiarly mysterious about ghost stories. Although no one yet has been found who has felt that he could say positively that the apparition he saw was someone who at, at some time inhabited a tenement of flesh and blood and walked among men. A number of years ago, the writer was sitting in the office of, at that time, a well-known physician. Hmm. The subject of apparitions happened to come up by the report that a ghost had been seen in the eastern end of the city. The doctor said, Well, if you have no objection, I will tell you my experience with ghosts. I hope by well-known physician, he's well-known for being a physician and not like a juggler. <laughs> and then he went yeah. a doctor. And then, uh, then he's a doctor. Yeah. Always got a shift because there's no money in juggling. Oh. Because everyone's just waiting for you to drop shit. And no I one know. really cares about the balls. I know. It's more fun when they mess it up, isn't it? The doctor was a good storyteller and could always have an audience when professional duties permitted. Settling myself in a chair comfortably, I said to the doctor, Go ahead. I am fixed for ghosts tonight. After pondering a second or two and casting a glance around him as if looking for someone, he began. Some ten or twelve years ago, I had a very large practice in the American bottom, east of Alton. I would frequently be called out at night in that neighborhood and spend a large portion of it in making calls and in returning to my home. On these occasions, I always took my driver along. He was a tall, muscular Irishman, strong as an ox, hmm. and apparently without fear. Wouldn't, I mean, technically the driver took him along. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. I'm the man in the back seat. <laughs> and the best part about a driver is that he has to take control, because if not, if I lose even an ounce of respect for him, I will blind him with my hands and kill us both. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doc. We both had weapons with us in case of need. Oh, man, I miss when doctors had guns. I know. Yeah. We never had an occasion to use them, unfortunately. <laughs> I added the unfortunately. The night in question, I was called to attend a family living about six or eight miles below the city on the St. Louis Road. It was one of the handsomest nights I ever saw. The moon was full and cast such a glorious light that the trees and houses seemed illumined. Handsome night. What did the moon have a mustache like Burt Reynolds? <laughs> it was a handsome of, night. I never heard that before, Doctor. It was the kind of night that made me want to come on the knees of an Englishman. <laughs> That's a handsome night. All right. The air was keyed and crusty with frost. A typical December night. We reached the homestead of the family where the call came from about 9.40. I found two cases of diphtheria in almost the last stages. I stayed with the family for a couple of hours, affording such relief as I could. Between 11 and 12, we started on our return. I felt somewhat blue over the prospects for the recovery of my two patients, and with foreboding fears that more of the family might be taken down with the dread disease. I said nothing to my driver, meditating upon how little a physician could do with all his much-vaunted skill when death put in a claim. Yeah, you're not going to beat it. They called it a practice for a reason. Indeed. <laughs> we had reached shortly after 12 o'clock that part of the road lying near the old cemetery at Milton. As is well known, Milton Cemetery is on top of the hill, overlooking the road. Noticing the hill, my thoughts ran to the many ghost stories that had been told of that famous spot. 
my attention was suddenly called by an exclamation from Patrick, my driver. By all the saints, doctor, what's that ahead of us? <laughs> Quickly. Never <laughs> trust an Irish driver. <laughs> He's a big, he's strong as an ox. I don't know. Quickly glancing in the direction, I saw a figure, some 200 yards in advance of us, standing in the middle of the road and apparently facing us. It seemed to be the height of an ordinary person, but it appeared to be covered in a sheet. I thought it was someone trying to frighten us. I told Patrick so, and we drove on until the horse caught sight of the object and would go no farther. I think it's Mitch McConnell trying to get the clan on his side for another Senate race. Got the fuck <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Fearing that the animal might break the vehicle, I said to Patrick to hold the horse, and I would go and investigate the apparition. So I took the buggy whip in one hand and my pistol in the other, prepared, as I supposed for the would-be ghost. As I drew near it, I saw that holes appeared to be cut in the sheet, and about where the eyes and nose ought to be, but there was no movement in any part of it. It was as cold and as stiff-looking as a marble monument. A little closer, I observed that feet, clad in white stockings, protruded beneath the sheet. I shouted when within a rod, Who are you, and why do you stand there trying to frighten my horse? (laughs) There was no sound uttered. What? A movement made by the figure. I was astonished beyond measure. My heart thumped and beat so loudly that I was sure Patrick could hear it. And the ghost, too, if it had ears. At last, mustering up courage, I made a rush for the figure. I raised my whip and brought the heavy end down with all my strength on the figure's head. But imagine my surprise. Instead of striking the creature, my whip cleaved through it and struck the place where its feet stood. The next instant, the most unearthly, the most horrible yell that ever pierced the ears of any mortal came from the spot where the blow from my whip was aimed. (laughs) The shriek of a dozen catamounts could not have equaled it. I was paralyzed for a few seconds. When I came to myself, there was nothing to be seen. The echo had died away. Turning towards my buggy, the horse was a prancing and a jumping. And when I reached it, the animal was covered with sweat, trembling like an aspen. And Patrick was speechless. Do horses sweat? They do. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Not like oh, dogs, yeah. huh? Oh, Interesting. Yeah. yeah, you can make it sweat. Okay. Give, it a, give it one of those polygraph tests. I like, well, do you really like hay? You're looking for some dick. <laughs> If you paint a horse, it will die. Really? Yep. Yeah. Try it. Good to know. <laughs> let's get a horse. Yeah, let's buy one. Sure. Mythbusters. <laughs> Dumbass Mythbusters? Dumbass Mythbusters. Yeah. <laughs> After having spoken to him several times, he stammered, What, what was it, doctor? What was it, doctor? What was it? I didn't tell him. I didn't say anything. We drove off in silence. And as we passed the spot where the figure stood, the horse shied and plunged, and a peculiar odor seemed to pervade the atmosphere. In the course of 10 or 15 minutes, Patrick told me that just after the screech, the figure seemed to flit through the air, its white stocking feet protruding beneath the drapery towards the cemetery on the hillside, and disappeared in the ground. That was all I ever saw. Patrick would not be hired to pass that way again. He soon after left my employ and went from the city. I did not speak of the apparition to anyone because Hmm. I must have a driver 
and I was confident that it would be almost impossible to secure one that would pass along that road if it was told. I made the same trip the next night and many nights since, and I've never seen again the strange visitant. No one else that I ever heard of saw it afterwards. I've often thought of him and tried to reason it out. Had not Patrick and his horse seen and heard it, I should have persuaded myself that it was an illusion. You are the first person to whom I have told it, and I never speak of it until I am gone. Then you may publish it if you want. The old physician relapsed into silence. He never mentioned the story again. And a few years afterwards, he passed away, having served his generation well. All right, the world's greatest generation. Look at that. So he saw a ghost and whipped it. So he had an Irish carriage driver named Patty. Patrick. Yep. Yeah, it's racist. (laughs) I I mean, I just feel like it was a strange response when he sees a ghost. Oh, and then he whips it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't know, you whip a ghost? Yeah, of course you whip I've a never ghost. Seen a whip, I've never seen a ghost react to being whipped before. To be honest, like, you spray a ghost with Uzi. <laughs> yeah, you can <laughs> do would, that. I would imagine if you saw a ghost, you would hit the ghost with whatever you had in your hand. You had a BL bottle, you'd throw it at the ghost. I don't know how, I, but Kissel, I also, you I can could be very peaceful. It could be very peaceful as well. I can definitely <laughs> see you living in the haunted mansion from Disney throwing beer cans at all of the dancing ghosts, just being like, I can't hear my TV stories. Oh, well, they're better than a TV story. Shut up, playing ghost. I'm trying to watch C-SPAN. Man, there's nothing better, by the way. If you haven't watched C-SPAN, you must. Uh, When they take the calls from the Democrat, Independent, and Republican lines, man, those people get roasted. It's very, very funny. (laughs) I don't know if anyone could stay alive. I have no interest in seeing C-SPAN. Okay. Well, my first story today, it is actually a translation of a Japanese creepypasta. Cool. <gasps> Uh-oh. It's called How to Play Hide and Seek Alone. Okay. It's instructions. <laughs> oh, it's okay. like, it's, so this is just about a sad, lonely kid. The one-man hide-and-seek, a.k.a. one-man tag, is a ritual for contacting the dead. <gasps> this is so sad. This is just I for fucking incels. <laughs> I feel, feel so bad. We mentioned summoning the devil alone. <laughs> yeah, you need at least a tits out woman there. Uh, if you're lucky, a guy or something. The spirits, which are wandering restless on the earth, are always looking for bodies to possess. In this ritual, you will summon such a spirit by offering it a doll instead of a human body. Okay. Warning. If you have psychic abilities, you may feel unwell or be prone to accidents during the ritual. How do I know? Your audience just turned this off. But how do I know? (laughs) Am I just like, because people who, most of the people I know that say that they're empaths are them themselves pieces of shit. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Things you need. One stuffed doll. It must have limbs. Great. Because otherwise, how you get? How's it going to chase after you? How's yeah, it going to go hide? Well, I it's guess I can't. Give, I guess I can't give him my Herbert the Grape doll then. <laughs> yeah, I got to stop giving him. Just got to make of those Ed's dad dolls and <laughs> give him away. <laughs> Ed Larson, check out his movie How America Killed My Mother. Rice. You need rice yep. enough to stuff the doll full. Okay. Oh. You need one needle and one crimson thread, one pair of nail clippers, one sharp edge tool such as a knife, glass shard, or scissors. Don't use a glass shard. You're not escaping from a mental asylum. You're in the home. Well, if you have the option between a glass shard or scissors, I'd say go with the scissors. Doesn't everyone have one Ikea knife that they use to slash open everything? I'm sure. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I use my knife from the blind bladesmith out in Nashville. Wonderful knives. Good plug. Was he blind? Uh, He he has the eyes of a dead man. 
Oh, cool. Oh, we yeah. met him. Yeah. yeah, he's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he cool. Yes, yes. 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 Yeah, super Wonderful. cool guy. Yeah. Yes. You need one cup of salt water. Natural salt would be best. Okay. Need a bathroom with a bathtub and some form of counter. And finally, a hiding place, preferably a room purified by incense. And there must be a TV in there. <laughs> I mean, that's the way to do it. But the main thing, what we do is, what really helps, it's not so much the incense, Glade plugins. Absolutely. <laughs> that works. That works. Here's how you prepare. Take out whatever the doll is stuffed with. Once all stuffing is removed, restuff it with rice. Okay. Number two. Clip off a few pieces of your nails and put them inside the doll. Sew up the opening with the crimson thread. And when you finish sewing, tie up the doll with the rest of the thread. Number three, go to the bathroom and fill your bathtub with water. Okay. Number four, return to your hiding place and put the cup of salt water on the ground. Instructions followed. Okay. Done Are you done. doing this, audience? Are you doing this right now? So now that you're prepared, this is how you do it. Number one, give a name to your doll. The name can be any name but your own. Irma. Adolf Hitler. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Okay, uh, Mussolini. <laughs> Mussolini. No, that's not my, good. What's his first name? What's his first name? Alfred? It was Benito. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Benito Benini. Chachi. <laughs> oh. All right, Chachi. Let's go with Chachi. And when the time is 3 a.m., say... Your name first. So let's say Henry. Henry is the first it. You say that to the doll three times. So say it, Henry. Henry is the first it. Henry is the first it. Henry is the first it. Oh, no. Now go to the bathroom Uh-oh. and put the doll into the water-filled bathtub. Okay. Now, it's all falling apart. It's I didn't full of rice. Yeah, <laughs> to it's going to expand. I'm not like an expert sewer, so yeah. most of this is just kind of, this is all a mess. Yeah, you're alone for <laughs> a reason. everything. Yeah, no skills. Yeah. Number four, turn off all the lights in your house. Go back to the hiding place and switch on the TV. After counting to ten with your eyes closed, return to the bathroom with the edged tool in your hand. That okay. would be your knife or your piece of broken glass. Don't, because then you can't even grip on it. Just get a knife. Well, you could tape it up like a shank. <laughs> what Number are we, six. in prison or you're in your home? <laughs> They're trying to summon the devil. Then you go to the bathtub and say to the doll, I have found you, Chachi. Then you stab the doll with the edged tool. Got you, Scapeo. Whoa! <laughs> say, you are the next it, Chachi. Are you going to say it? You're the next it, Chachi. <laughs> You're the next it, Chachi. Very good. And you, and you gotta say that as you take the doll out of the bathtub and leave it on the counter in the bathroom. Natalie's gonna be so mad. No, I you're such alone. a mess. You're a single. Oh, this is me single? This is you as a single. Okay. We <laughs> 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 got uh, all my buddies in the other room. We got the fucking Van Halen I remember playing. that when you were so snappy when you were single. Ooh. I remember you were a totally different person. Cool, Budweiser sign is lit yeah. up. And as soon as you've put the doll down, run back to the hiding place and hide. Here's how you finish. Number one, pour half of the cup of salt water into your mouth. Do not drink it. I, oh, I, you did your second first. You finished yeah, first you go. Don't drink it because I was your gold salt water. I'm sick in my stomach. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's not going to be. No, you're actually getting more thirsty. There. Okay. You okay. just keep it. This is, I'm, I'm swishing. Good for this canker stores. Yeah. This okay. is key. I'm going to do it. I'll do it. All right, go. 
Number two. Oh, God. <laughs> Number two, get mm-hmm. out of your hiding place and start looking for the doll because the doll is not necessarily in the bathroom. Why do I get all this water? What's going on with the water? Whatever. Oh God, Henry, that's so gross. <laughs> Whatever happens, do not spit out the salt water. Do not spit out the water, no matter what. warm. When you find the doll, pour the rest of the salt water in the cup over it. Then, oh my God! Get rid of the water, Jeez. No, you did it wrong. You did what? it wrong. You did it wrong. You're supposed to do keep it in your mouth. Do not drink that water. You're no, one, you're do so, not do that, Henry. You spit no, it, it in the back cup. in your mouth. Put it back uh, in your mouth. No, do not, Marcus. Do I have to sit here with this do, man. Put it back in your mouth. Oh, because God, what you're disgusting. supposed to do, you're supposed to pour the rest of the cup that you didn't put in your mouth on the doll. Then spit out the salt water. Spit it out. Jeez. I'm covered in this technology everywhere. I can't spit. I can't throw the water down. Yeah, exactly. You spit it. First, you pour the water out onto the doll. Then you spit the water onto the doll. And then you say, I win three times. I win. I win. I win. Are you Cartman? And this is supposed to end the ritual. Okay. After this, make sure you dry the doll, burn it, and discard it later. Most important. Do not stop this ritual halfway. You must do it through to the end. This is a dangerous ritual, and we will not be responsible for what happens to you if you try. Mm-hmm. Other things to keep in mind. Do not leave your house until you have done the finishing ritual. You must turn off every single light in your house when told to do so. You must keep quiet while hiding. You do not need to put the salt water in your mouth during the beginning. You only need to do it during the finishing ritual. So many rules. This is just a way of... <laughs> For a dad to keep the gas bill down and the energy bill low. <laughs> We're going to play a game called Everybody Go to Sleep When You're Hungry. Turn off the lights. <laughs> so water is fine. Remember, if you're living with someone, you might put them in danger too. Be sure to warn your roommates or your mother or your father. Dude, this is really just, you're basically describing the only people doing this are living the neat lifestyle. Yes, indeed. <laughs> keep the ritual slash game under two hours or the spirit will be too strong to remove. Okay. For safety reasons, it might be best to keep all the doors in the house unlocked, including your front door. As well, have friends close by so that they can come and help you at a moment's notice if you ever need them. I don't know if this guy has friends at a premium. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he has, I don't know if he has local friends if this is how you're spending your night. <laughs> and then finally, some final notes. One, the rice represents innards and also has the role of attracting spirits. So okay. the rice must be used. Number two, the crimson thread represents the blood vessel. It seals the spirit up inside the doll. And number three, by cutting the thread off, you break the seal and release the spirits you have trapped. Interesting. You know what's weird wow. is that even though, whatever, number one, Japanese is trying to get back at us for World War II. They're still very <laughs> this is upset. One. This yes, is, indeed. This is first step one. They're just slowly infiltrating us. That's just what they do. Well, I was watching two, House, Hunter, uh, House Hunters International, American couple. They wanted to go to Vietnam, and they were complaining about the prices. They always do. They go to another country, and they're like, why is, uh, I wish it was like America. You're moving to Vietnam. It's yeah. not like America. <laughs> they're not going to like you too much, I don't think. The bathrooms are different there. Yeah. And number two, <laughs> the rice, rice is often used in uh, ritual. In order to call ghosts, quite often it's used mm-hmm. as a food stand-in, even not non-cooked rice. Sure, UNICEF has been summoning ghosts for a long time, haven't they? <laughs> that is like a is that a hot take? <laughs> <laughs> Technically, uh, UNICEF actually did some great damage, but that's for a whole nother episode. They lowered the price of rice to the point where there's no competition. The farmers run out of business. You can't compete with free. 
this is scary. <laughs> Honestly, this is the spookiest we've gotten. Economics or something that's past me. I know more about ghosts and tulpas than I know about global economics. Oh, the right. next creepy pasta, the horrors of good intention. No! Oh my god, this creepy pasta brought to you by Steve Forbes. How excited! I cannot imagine. I'm sure he has some um, creepy pastas I, in his mask. Yeah, I think he's got fucking creepy pasta in his pants. They go, Steve Forbes. I want him nowhere near my kids or my dog. Well, I don't think he'll be coming by anytime soon. I guess uh, I gotta keep drinking this water, huh? So this story, this is actually, this is a twofer. It's a two-parter, but I'll just read oh. the first part now. Oh, I just made this, like, mouth soup. I My know, water is so you just, Do you want to go throw it away? No. I'm locked in now. I'm a host. Oh, good Lord. All right. This one's called A Halloween to Remember. Very exciting. You don't want to forget Halloween? Never forget Halloween. And it is written by... You always sound like the people who fake sell things at Ollivander's in Harry Potter world. <laughs> where you, you just trying to go the through magic the descriptions. Stick? Where they all just been like, you look someone that should have a number four. Where it's full <laughs> for fat ones. Like, <laughs> fat ones? No, this is actually written by Sloshed Train. Sloshed Train. So very excited to read this for you all again. It is entitled a Halloween. Do remember, my friends and I decided to go trick-or-treating this year. Mm, very fun. We were teenagers that wanted some candy and to TP some houses. We lived in a massive neighborhood, so there was always a lot going uh, there, so there was a lot to go around. After 2 hours of going around the streets, egging and TPing houses and a very lucky lucky escape from the police, we were ready to end the night. That's kind of fun. Remember that did you ever TP? Anyone ever TP here? Yeah, I, I TP'd. I definitely TP'd. I, you know what? I never TP'd, but I PP'd. <laughs> <laughs> we all stopped at a dark street. Kill me. One of my friends asked, "Should we go?" Another friend replied, "Okay, one more street." I stared down the dark street, unable to see the end. There was something odd about this street, like it did not belong. The houses were completely different from the houses in the neighborhood. The houses look abandoned, and there were no lights either on the street or in the houses. I just watched Freddy's Dead last night, oh, and so he good. does. Mm. It is not good. Freddy's Dead? It is. I love Freddy's Dead. New Nightmare? No, Freddy's Dead. The 3D one, it is not good. But in the parlance of Freddy Krueger, every city has an Elm Street where they just <laughs> break all the rules. Every city does have an Elm Street, mostly. Freddy's dead, not good. Rewatch it. I might have to rewatch that. I don't, I, because I. Pretty sure I've seen every one of them. I always love the Freddy ones, but maybe it's blurred together. That one is not good. Okay, wow, hot take. I stared down the dark street, unable to see the end as we talked about. The houses were completely different. The houses all looked bana- uh, abandoned. No lights on, okay? So then he said, I got a bad feeling about this, guys. Don't be a pussy, David. That's his name. Don't be a <laughs> pussy, David. Change up the name so I can t- change up the voices so that I can hear different characters. Don't be a pussy, David. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Although pussies are very strong, and I would say, don't be a ball sack, yes. David. Yas, Kissel. Don't be a pussy, David. We're just going to egg some houses and leave. If they do call the cops again, we'll sneak out of there. This place is freaking pitch black. My friend replied. I'm sorry, I asked you. <laughs> you did it. We walked down the coal black street, joking around and telling ghost stories, as I just couldn't help feeling watched. Houses looked very different. And it, and didn't look stable. I knew something was up. I just knew it. The light from the other street began to become dimmer and dimmer. dimmer okay, and here. Dimmer, dimmer. <laughs> okay, here. 
We took a bag. Okay, here, he said. We took a bag full of eggs and toilet paper. We were cursing and having fun. I almost forgot to be worried. Crack! A loud noise echoed in the street. Crack! What was that? I asked. Everybody hide now! Oh, this is the friend that yelled it. Everybody hide now. Thank you. <laughs> stay consistent with the characters. Choose a voice and stay, cons- stay consistent. Everybody hide now. See how difficult it is? When you're a character actor, how many people you have to be, how you begin to lose sense with the central you, eventually you, you don't, there is no real you, you are just an amalgam of characters, and then you wonder every day, who is it that I am, what is it that I feel, is there me, what do I think? I was huh. just feeling that way, everybody hard now. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? What I do saw I do? my friends scramble around the block. <laughs> I hid behind a rusty old trash can. Rusty trash can, also a great sex act. Looking over the edge. I couldn't see anything because it was so dark. I only could see a blue outline of the houses. I took up my phone for some light. No signal at all on my cell phone. Didn't they build over a dozen cell towers all over the area? Didn't they? I shined my light towards the street. Crack! Crack? This time it was even louder. Crack! (laughs) I pulled back and looked over again. All of my friends were there standing in the middle of the street. I questioned walking towards them. So what do you think that was? They didn't respond. Hello! There's something about your soul I cannot take, but I'll find a way. They all said at the same time, What the fuck? They all charged towards me. I ran and ran. The darkness seemed to continue on forever. I didn't hear them chasing after me, but I didn't stop. I slammed my face into a wall. I got up to see a giant skyscraper outlined in blue and a plenty fill of them. It was a city without light. I stood there completely shocked. A lot of the questions flew into my mind. What just happened? Where am I? Can I get back? These questions flooded my mind. A loud growl roared behind me. I turned around to see the wolf-like creature blended in the darkness. Shit. I whispered to myself. I stood there looking straight at the creature. I regret my decision after that. I ran as fast as I could hearing the creature's paws hitting the concrete. I stopped at an alley. I think I'm okay, I said to myself. You're far from okay, a similar voice responded. You sound like Trump going through his daily security (laughs) briefings. I turned around to see an army of people standing. I tried to run, but another group blocked the other side of the alley. A tall man stood in front. He was dressed in black and was wearing a hoodie that blocked his face. What do you want from me? I yelled. And then he said, I want your soul. No, this is a different character. Yeah. I want your soul. <laughs> like I did with all the little friends here. I use this realm to capture as many souls as I want. Are we in the like the weird fan fiction like altiverse? I yelled back, <laughs> you bastard. And then he said, you're different. Your soul is special and very hard to get. And what makes it harder than <laughs> what makes it harder that you are protected, but no soul is strong enough to keep me out. Get ready to become my puppet. Oh, this is like technically this is ripping off of Slenderman. Then in, they in closed all in on me. <laughs> and then they closed in on me. I felt like this was the end and uh, that was just going to be the beginning. That was going to be made that I was going to be made his puppet 
and I couldn't do anything about it. A stereotypical light shone down on me. Not him again. Oh, no, this is what the tall man said. He said, not him again. I'm lost. <laughs> They're in a fucking dark ass alley in a neighborhood that has no lights. And then this demon is like, I want your soul. And then you got a special soul. And then, okay. and then a light shone yes, down. It's the rambling and story the of a man, schizophrenic at a bus stop. And then the tall man said, not him again. I woke up in my bed in my bag of candy and leftover eggs from last night. Wow, he woke Left- up in his bed. Yeah, he woke up in his bed and my bag of candy and leftover eggs from last night. So he woke up with it with him in the bed. Was the tall man a, a, a big, like six foot seven redhead man that forces you to stay out drinking BLs until two thirty in the morning because he doesn't want the night to end? He doesn't want the Thank smiles. God to I end? did that with our manager. I, fo- <laughs> I focused him and I made him motivated. I looked at my <laughs> digital clock and it read seven a.m. one 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 November first, two thousand eleven. I laid there for a while and wondered if it was all just a dream. It would have been scary if it was 9-11. It would have been, but that's a different kind of horror. I laid there for a while and wondered if it was all a dream. Whatever happened, I'm safe now. I got up to get ready for school and saw a sticky note on my door saying, I haven't forgotten about you yet. He left a sticky note? (laughs) Yeah, and uh, we're going to pick up with the sequel, A Halloween to Regret, very soon. We do? We are? (laughs) I haven't forgotten about you yet. Why did he leave his sticky note? He's a fucking demon. demon. He could have done anything. He could have left a scroll. He could have just been there. Why don't you just email Sloshed Train and figure out why? (laughs) I'm not ready to open up the line of communication with Sloshed Train. The guy could have woken up and it could have been written on his, it could have been scratched into his chest. Anything. He fucking wrote it on the post-it <laughs> note. He's a demon, not an animal. But what is um, he blood? In the, in the mirror. He looks in the mirror in the morning and it's written in I don't in know blood. why you guys yeah, dude, are yelling at me. It's I didn't write it. Boomer accountant? Is that why you left this thing? Is that what this demon does? Is just like he highlights, he just fucking moonlights as a demon? I haven't forgotten about you. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest and I guess I can share it here I I eat mayonnaise for fun it's a hobby of mine and it's an addiction and it's a daily weight on my life how much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 
apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly, you know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at four o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right, I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right, my job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. Oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. And here we go. Here's a story called Mammary Foam. Mammary Foam? No memory foam, but... Memory Foam. Mammary Foam. Yeah, the boob that remembers. Yep. Okay. They all do. <laughs> now you got a memory that runs for years, and can they remember breast, every single mistake you've ever made. A breast implant with memory foam, huh? Well, now I'm thinking. I mean, you can really see your, <laughs> then your digit holes in them. <laughs> There's monsters under my bed. Jimmy screamed, throwing himself between his startled parents. I never went to my parents' bed because I never wanted to, because it always smelled weird in there. Yeah. Well, I wonder what they were doing in there. Just Ugh. your father's alcoholic farts and your mom's crying? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Tears have a in mysterious scent. <laughs> well, my father was an over-the-night truck driver, so I would, uh, no, that sounds weird, but I would sleep in the same bed as my mother quite regularly. I don't want I'm to so glad like you time. said that. No, it's I'm so glad, glad you said it. Let's no, keep this in the show. Joking. I, I'm so glad I did not, slept not in say mother's because... bed quite often. Mommy okay, so always goes, said I... it was nice to have a man no, in the, the room. No, the reason that I didn't want to say it was because I felt guilty for being a wonderful child was because you two perverted scoundrels. You breastfed until you were 12. No, that is not true. <laughs> that is not true. Until we'll you were seven. 
That is also not true. What the hell is wrong with you guys? It was a little bit late, but it was not seven. It was two. Four. I was two. Two years old. Hmm. And at least I could breastfeed suckleless Zabrowski. But you don't even. You would be, if you were a Lord of the Rings character, you would be suckleless. How dare you? you? No, it's part of the reason why I'm a comedian. It's that I never felt the love of the bosom. Uh-huh. I'm glad that we got here. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy wrapped him up while Daddy offered assurances that monsters weren't real. Jimmy pleaded with him to go make sure he pulled himself up and plodded down the hall. All was well until they heard a loud thumping noise followed by silence. Mm. Jimmy's mother decided to check on her husband, leaving Jimmy alone in the dark. Jimmy heard the creaks of the floor and another loud thump, then silence. Jimmy lay there, hoping that his imagination was just running wild. He decided to go and find out what was going on. Tiptoeing his way around the creaking floorboards, he peeked in through the hole to see his mother wiping the floor and his father leaned over his bed. Jimmy opened the door slowly. His mother hopped up, hiding her hands behind her back. They're doing pee play. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest scare of all. (laughs) Sorry, she said to him gently. Your father slipped on a toy and tore your bed. He's sewing it back up and I'm just... Cleaning up. His dad finished and walked over to him. Why don't you sleep with us tonight, champ? What? He said as he picked him up. Jimmy fell asleep easily, safely tucked between his parents. (laughs) Don't say it like that. Come sleep with us. Mommy's cleaned up. Mommy's cleaned up. Come and sleep with your clean mommy and your clean dad. It is a little strange that the father proposed the idea. Don't you come up in there and hop up on my knee. I think it's acceptable as long as the father is like not, is just like, God damn it, again, the kid has to sleep with us. Jimmy, why don't you sleep spread eagle on my face? (laughs) Yeah, That ain't no way. You're not going to get a lot of rest doing that. Uncomfortable. Jimmy's parents seemed odd the next day. After dinner, they put him to bed without a word. He realized that his bed felt very lumpy and wondered if his father had re-sewn it incorrectly. He went to find his parents, but the door was locked. He banged on it, but eventually made his way back to his lumpy bed and fell asleep. He questioned his parents the next morning about the bed and the door, and his father sternly replied that he was too old to be afraid of monsters, and they would be locking him in his room at night. Until he gotten over it. Seems more like a like something a Casper mattress could solve. Uh, you have a lumpy mattress. So I know the exact cure. We don't even have a discount code for them anymore. Oh, we don't. Nope. <laughs> the night was cold, and sleep did not come quickly. Laying under his blanket, he noticed that even with the fan blowing, something was beginning to smell. He tried to ignore it, but ended up sleeping on the floor. This is like Kissel in his house. It's a Dutch oven. He's Dutch oven in himself. He convinced his parents to check his bed the following morning, but they found no smell or strange lumps. For lying, his father locked Jimmy in his room for the day. Jeez. Time passed slowly, and by late afternoon, Jimmy was nauseous with hunger, made worse. It's actually not nauseous. It's nauseated. Yes, indeed. Not good. Made worse by the potent smell coming from his bed in the afternoon heat. Determined to find the smell, he cut open the line of stitching his father had sewn. There, surrounded by stuffing, were the decaying but recognizable bodies of his parents. (gasps) He began to scream at the sight of their rotting skin. He kept screaming until a knock came on the door. 
Jimmy, are you okay? Came his mother's voice, then his father's. Remember, Jimmy. There are no monsters under the bed. That's scary. I don't like it. He's been sleeping on his parents for the past week. I'll sleep on your fucking parents. Oh, my God. That was, honestly, a great twist. It was. Very, it was a very, very good, good twist. Very yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. You think about the demon or the ghost or the entity being under the bed, not inside of the bed like Johnny Depp in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. I'm still stewing a little bit on I'm, I'm, I'm kind of upset with you a little bit, Henry. And then they recreated. <laughs> you got to watch it again. I'll, they I'll recreated the same kill in number four, which is great. Number four just has like two times the kills of number three. Well, that's the Puppet Master one, right? Yes. yes. No, number no, three has Warriors. the Puppet Master. That's Dream Warriors, yeah. Yeah, so number four has multiple kills. That is the Roach Motel kill. Ah, yeah, that's one of the favorite kills. All that, kill. that was great. Um, five is not good as okay. well. Oh, Five's got yeah. Freddy Babies in it, but it starts good, but then when the Freddy Babies start, then it gets weird. That's weird. That's when the series gets weird for you? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> that's when it becomes unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is about a lost episode of a beloved television show. Yay! It's about remakes. Like every That's episode. That's my favorite. Reboots. Yay! Like every I want to ep- see them old. It's like every episode of The Cosby Show. Do you remember that? When that used to oh, be no. all like nonstop and then it was just, it's gone. I just take any scene from The Cosby Show now and put like, like music behind it and it becomes very sinister. I believe that. <laughs> This is about a lost episode of Seinfeld called The Mason. Who would have thought Ed O'Neill from uh, from um, Married with Children turned out to be the better dad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Bill Cosby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. yeah, this one showed up on the uh, X board, the paranormal board of 4chan many oh, years no. ago. Oh, back no. When that was st- many years ago, back when it was still fun. Cool. Here we go. There's a story about a lost episode of Seinfeld floating around the internet. The episode was supposed to air around season six, but it was mysteriously cut. The official story about the episode was that it featured Elaine purchasing a firearm after being mugged, but many elements about this episode were never revealed until recently. What's the deal with guns not being allowed? I say the bullet should not be allowed. I agree. (laughs) What is the deal? Comedians in cars, they do get coffee. Um... They forget. Don't forget the B storyline in the uh, in the in the lost episode of Seinfeld when Kramer does stand up. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Controversial. NBC executives refused to officially report on the episode until the Seinfeld season six DVD commentary. I have the tape, but as someone who works within NBC, I can't reveal my sources. Whoa! Ooh, it's Kathy Najimy. Could be. Love her work. Great witch. I work at the GE building in Rockefeller Plaza, and I have access to their digital archives. That's as much as I can divulge. We also have the entire original Seinfeld series in multiple formats, including original reels and VHS tapes. I noticed an episode with the production code 607 was missing from the tape set, and it was relocated in a set of old newsreels. The replacement episode, The Mom and Pop Store, was filmed a season later to replace the missing episode. The missing episode is oddly titled The Mason. 
The episode starts out as normal with Jerry's apartment, but the camera is much more steady. What's the deal with standing your ground? Isn't it everybody's <laughs> ground? It's not your ground. It's not his ground. It's everybody's ground. Don't anger him too much. He can buy us and kill us. <laughs> Jerry walks out as though he's been drugged and remarks that all of his family and friends have been dying lately. Hmm. His buzzer rings and it's George. George runs up, half crying, and tells Jerry he's seen something terrible. He's mumbling and stuttering for about five minutes until he can form a sentence. There are still pauses for humor, but there's no audience or laugh track. George informs Jerry that planes have crashed into the Twin Towers due to a terrorist attack on New York. I want to see this episode. I want to, this is good. This is real primetime television. Jerry turns on the news and you can see modern footage of the 9-11 attacks all pre-filmed several years beforehand. George says that isn't the worst part. Elaine and Kramer were in the towers at the time of the bombing. What proceeds is a graphic and explicit phone call of screaming and crying as Kramer says that something terrible has happened and Elaine is dead. Kramer screams, there's no air in the building, there's no air in the building, and he's burning to death, and then he's going to jump. It is kind of funny if Kramer did it, though. The camera cuts to live footage of a man falling from the Twin Towers. George genuinely looks upset and says, I'm sorry, Larry, but I can't go through with this. And he tries to walk off the set, but people stop him and push him towards the stage. He walks out Jerry's prop window and you can hear him calling his agent. There's a lot of mumbling and you can see candles being lit behind the stage. Jerry goes over to the bookcase and pulls it aside, revealing a ceremonial black table with candles, a dinner plate, and a strange box. Fuck yeah! There is a Masonic symbol against Whoa. black cloth just outside where the fake stage window would be. What's Jerry's- the deal with adrenochrome? I can't even deal with coffee after 4 p.m. <laughs> well, I, that's, that's one on the, on the chopping on the, on the floor there, the old editor's floor. Jerry says some weird things in a foreign dialect, and one cut of the camera shows a poster of Barack Obama. This episode originally aired in 1995. Oh my god, this is Q territory. This really is. The scene ends with Jerry waking up in bed as though it's all a nightmare. Kramer comes in and asks if Jerry has seen a lizard. Oh yeah. Jerry laughs and says... We, we are, are the lizards! lizards. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> the camera zooms slightly, and Jerry's eyes become slivered like almonds. Yeah! Oh. He's a game reptilian, dude! <laughs> the tape this is, is anti-Semitic. <laughs> this has become anti-Semitic immediately. It might be, but what's interesting about a reptilian comedian, airplane food tastes good to them. <laughs> the tape... The tape is only seven minutes long, and what proceeds is just 20 minutes of dead air. If you continue watching to the end, it seems there are three more news reports tacked on. The first is about an outbreak of swine flu. The Hmm. second, about a train bombing. And the third... Moon news. Story ends. Oh no! What about the moon news? <laughs> There's no moon news. Ongoing swine flu. No moon news. These, these That's where teased. it ends. I didn't make the connection with everyone being Jewish and everyone being lizards. I didn't make that connection. <laughs> no, they're, not, they're not all Jewish. I don't think. They're not all Elaine Jewish. Is, Elaine isn't Jewish. No, and George believe, isn't. And either. George isn't. I don't believe. I think he's Roman Catholic. I mean, Michael and Richard is is not either. No, yeah, it's, so just it's just Jerry. Jerry. But he's yeah. the one who turns into the lizard. Yeah, but well, he says we are all the lizards. We're all 
all the which lizards. Would make, that, would, that would make Kramer a lizard, too. Cool. Oh, George right. is obviously not a lizard because he doesn't want to go through this any of this. Obviously yeah. not. He's trying to get a new job. <laughs> As always. But then they continued filming seasons. <laughs> That's interesting is that this happened. They actually, in this fictional world, yeah. this episode was shot in the middle of the season. And they did a lot of covering up for it. But they still got together the next week. And did the fucking, like, they did the puffy shirt episode. They did the whole <laughs> thing, of course. I love the puffy shirt episode. All right, as promised, the sequel oh. to a Halloween to regret. This is a Halloween to regret. Okay. <laughs> and I'm assuming that Slosh Train also wrote this one. Let me just be How sure. long is this? Uh, it's enough. Uh, Slosh Train, thank you so much for again adding to the great fabric. We don't of our even country. know what else he's posted. God, I'm saying he. I'm assuming he, but I don't know what else this person we're we're what he's involved in. A lot of ladies get hammered on the trains and on the planes. All right, here we go. It's hard to believe a year has passed since the incident. We covered the incident in the last story. I laid there on my bed trying to you keep the post-it note. Shit. You're ruining the vibe that I'm creating. I'm sorry. I guess it's, it's hard to, be to believe that a year has passed since the incident. That was the one we talked about. I laid there on my bed trying to rid the memories of that unfortunate night. But no matter how hard I tried, I can't re- repress the events of that night. Halloween again? I said quietly to myself. You would think this would make him love Halloween. But anyway. I got up from my bed and headed towards the kitchen. Today, I wasn't going to school due to the special circumstances. I ate my breakfast and had and made no conversation with my family. My family just glared at me the whole time. Okay? Teenagers are weird. They really are. <laughs> my mom said, so today is a nice day. Perfect weather. Oh, this is the mom. So today is a nice day. <laughs> perfect weather. Just, <laughs> That's good. You made me do this. I it's need good. you to, do, just, to differ, differentiate. I need to know the different characters. I know. So that's his mother, just for former reference, for future reference. I just looked at her and left the kitchen. I went back to my room and sat there at my desk, staring at the clock. Silence. I miss my friends, and not a day goes by that I haven't thought about them. The police never found a trace of them after that night, and obviously they didn't believe a single word I said. Uh, Typical cops, I thought in my head. I kept the sticky note to answer your question. I kept the sticky note I received after that night in a box in my closet. Should I? I questioned myself. I went to my closet, grabbed the box, and placed it on my desk. All right. So they don't even have sticky notes in the house. So this demon went to its desk in whatever went to, office. Went to the demon's office. Demon's office. And said, yeah. I'm, I'm in your pretty face. Is going to hell. I understand yeah, that there is. De- that, that so that's what he did. Yes, that's he what did. you're saying. So you're saying Gary Bunda did this. <laughs> it's possible. I went to the closet, grabbed the box, and placed it on my desk. All right, it's time. I said to myself. I opened the box to find the sticky note was no longer there. Hmm, no, this can't be right. I started to panic. I searched my room from the top to bottom and found the note, but no, uh, to find the note, but no luck. Running out of options, I stormed out of my room and went back to the kitchen. Where is the note? I demanded. My mom replied, What note? You fucking kid shithead. The, the note that I sent you two really good creepypastas. I'm getting to this. Okay, the note. Like I sent you good ones. ones. The note was in this fucking box. I yelled in with rage. The note was in this fucking box. I yelled with rage. Get out of here. You're 36 years old. <laughs> my sister said, oh my God, I have, another, I have to do more character work. Welcome writing. to being a character actor. Just try to make her, try to sound like a genuine woman. Okay. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Can't believe he's single, ladies. We don't know about any note. Lies, I yelled back. My older brother said, Calm down, David. Calm down, David. He has a speech impediment. I yelled in frustration, God damn it. I stormed out of the living room and headed into the garage. I grabbed my bike and set off into the streets. I don't know what I accomplished doing that, but I just needed to leave. I pedaled my way down the streets and through traffic until they reached the cemetery. This story is just like every Freddy movie where it's all about kids saying, my parents don't understand. They don't understand. <laughs> you got to pedal away. I left my bike on the grass and walked down the numerous rows of graves. I reached my friend's graves. Who did this? I whispered. I stood there in silence and dread, remembering all the good times of my fallen friends. A tear rolled down my cheek. It's scary how life can take the things slash people you love from you in just a matter of seconds. Isn't that true, though? My friends aren't dead. They're trapped by that monster. I spent a whole year living in fear. I'd done everything I can to keep him away. Rituals, sacrifice, spells, everything. I hope this is over. You're 15. I, I hope this is over, and I could have... Bet and I could go on and live my life. Mm-hmm. I was about to leave until I noticed something on one of the gravestones. What do you think it was, Marcus? Licorice. His own. His own. His own name. His own name. Licorice. Henry? No, it was <laughs> a sticky note. You two idiots. I am so mad. <laughs> what is the oh, fucking? It was a sticky note. I, there is I nothing scary about a sticky note. Shh. I leaned down and took the note, and it said. <laughs> I still haven't forgotten you. <laughs> I dropped the, it's note the same voice as the older brother. No, that, no, the older brother was like, I, 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 it's I, all, these are all the same voices. I don't know. It comes from the same vessel. Okay. So even if you make a bunch of Kool-Aid and then you drink the Kool-Aid, but then you put water in it, you'll still have the shades of the Kool-Aid. It's all the same vessel. That's your acting ability. You're going to say it's leftover Kool-Aid. I'm a six foot seven man. I can't transcend into others. I haven't forgotten about I haven't forgotten about you. I froze. How did the sticky note get here? Unless I dropped the note and began sprinting towards my bike. Before I reached my bike, a black tall figure approached in front of me. What's the hurry? We're just getting started, he said. That's scary. Everything faded to black. I woke up tied to a chair in a large concrete chamber with only a light from the ceiling and a metal door. The metal door opened and the hooded man walked in. The hooded man remarked, told you I haven't forgotten about you. I felt too weak to talk. All my energy has been sucked out of me. I just glared at him. Your protections are gone. I'm going to have fun with this you tonight. Is, Let's begin, shall we? This is just this is a saga get no one no, cared this is, about. No, people who care about this because it's about to get nasty. He brought in a cart filled with torture devices. He took out a sharp knife and jammed it into my chest cavity. I yelled at the top of my lungs as the blood gushed out of my body. This is a kid afraid of his changing body. That's what this is all an allegory Shut for. Up. Shut up. That's what he said aggressively as he grabbed my tongue and cut it off with a knife. I felt the blood gushing out of my mouth. I tried to get away until he ripped open my torso and violently stabbed my organs. Do you know how much trouble you caused me? How a simple human escaped from grasps? He raged as he began tearing apart his organs. Maybe he was supposed to do this for his boss and he didn't do a good job. He grabbed my intestines and started choking me with it. I gasped for air. Everything started to fade out. He let let go of me and walked to the cart. He grabbed a dull hacksaw from the cart and began cutting off my limbs. I felt the hacksaw rip through my muscle. The pain was nothing I have ever felt before. I fucking hope so. How are you writing this? Well, at this point, he's had a, a a knife to the chest, his tongue cut out, he's been disemboweled and strangled with his own intestines, and he's still conscious. 
Yes, and now the person he the the hacksaw was ripping through the muscle, and he never felt anything like that. Before. You feel you sound like me <laughs> yelling, yelling at the screen last night, watching Freddy's Dead, trying to explain understand the rules that have been decimated by episodes five and All six I know of Elm Street. Is Nightmare on Elm Street. Every time I've clicked on it on TV, it's been the new one, and I just can't stand it. So they need to put a caveat where it's like, this is not the real nightmare in Upstreet. I kept yelling and resisting. Hopefully someone or something will save me, but I guess my luck has ran out. The hooded man grabbed my arm and tore it from my body. I can't take it anymore. I shut my eyes. I woke back up in the chair. My body was restored to normal. I heard a laugh from the dark corner. (laughs) Um, Okay, the hooded man smirked. We're just getting started. The metal door opened and I saw my family walk in the room. They had no expressions on their face. No, I said in disbelief. This can't be. You should have you should have seen the look in their eyes, he laughed. You should have seen the look in their eyes, he laughed. <laughs> my family gone. My worst fears became a reality. Every nightmare, fear and doubt. The past year I lived in mortal terror for my life and my family. Wondering when it'll strike. Ended up happening anyway. My fate was doomed from the start. He tortured me for hours on I just, end. I sent you really good creepypastas. I got those. I'm coming. Those are coming up. He tortured me for hours oh, on end, not sparing I mean, any no, tool or method. No. I couldn't do nothing but sit there. After a couple hours, he stopped and said, now it's time for you to become my puppet, you pest. I'm sick of it. What's so long? Is this a fucking job? He stuck his interview? whole hand into my chest. I felt the very being of my being being torn out of me. My very soul seared tearing into shreds. It's not interesting. No, I'm not giving up. I began fighting back all my might. He's he's not taking me. Oh. What now? This skip, can't be. It's impossible. He end. said in shock. I'm getting there. He said in shock because I tore his soul out of his body. I control him now. I felt the power of thousands of souls coursing through my veins. I could now liberate all the souls of the innocent people that fallen victim to the hooded man or become stronger. It is Halloween night and I made my decision. This is all just the time. No, no, hold on. Time to collect souls. Written by Slosh Train. Yeah, but but it's called a Halloween to regret, and it sounds like he doesn't regret it at all. It sounds like he's pretty happy with the end result. Yeah, he got a job. Well, I bet you he would have liked if he didn't have any of that happen to him. I bet you know what this is actually all about. You know what's weird? True. This comes back to the economy. This is about how difficult it is to find a job out there, even with a college degree. Yeah. He's living at home. You know what I mean? He gets out there and uh, what's out there in this economy? Point made. (laughs) You got to harvest souls for this man. Powerful. For this technically off-brand slender man. Powerful. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Okay. (laughs) My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. 
I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases, they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it and she loved it and she wore it when we went on vacation and my own did everybody come around being like where'd you get that piece you beautiful woman and I was like stop talking to my wife she's spoken for you can see it with the blue Nile bling she's got on her right now get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code lastpodcast at bluenile.com that's $50 off with code lastpodcast at bluenile.com bluenile.com so I was going to read a long one. Now I'm going to read a short one. Okay. <laughs> this comes from a collection of supposedly true stories. They said that it was supposed to be a four minute long story, but it seemed longer than it that. It felt <laughs> like it was years long. <laughs> yeah. That puts you in the mood there. <laughs> Get scared. <laughs> true story time. Okay. 
I was about four or five years old, and my parents had just separated. My mom was living in a two-bedroom apartment. I had my own room, but I felt I liked sleeping in her bed whenever I was staying with her. Again, with all the sleeping with the mothers. (laughs) Our two bedrooms were at the end of the hallway, directly across from each other. Our apartment was on the first floor, and I remember that it was in the middle of the summer. My mom had a window open in her room, which was directly behind the bed above the headboard. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I remember sitting up and seeing that our cat was sitting in the door frame of my mom's room. Her door was open, and you could partially see into my bedroom. It was strange because our cat was a huge snuggler and was typically always in bed with us. As I watched him, he walked into my apartment, meowed. Oh, meow. I turned to my I turned to face my mom and wake her up. Not right, meow. <laughs> <laughs> Never knew. Never meow. I'm tired. I'm just. Hey Henry, who am I? Not right. Not right now. Not right meow. I'm, I'm tired. Your wife. I'm your, I'm your wife. We, we have sex. We do have sex. Not right. Not right meow. I'm tired. No, we can't do it all the time. Okay. She does get tired sometimes. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she tired. All right, meow. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes she does get tired, all right? Yeah, no she was a human being. You didn't marry a sex doll. Yeah, of course. In the three to four seconds it took her to wake up and ask me what was wrong, we both looked back up to the doorframe, and there was a man standing by my open door, making his way out of my bedroom. I still don't know how she managed to do it so quickly, but my mother proceeded to pick me up and literally throw me out the screen window. Again, we were on the first floor, and it was maybe three foot drop to the ground. She quickly followed, and we were able to start screaming for help, and someone called 911. The police came, but didn't see any sign of forced entry, only that our front door was unlocked, which led them to believe the man must have exited that way. But the strange thing was that my mom swore up and down that she had locked the door that night. Hmm. With a deadbolt and chain lock. About a week later, she was cleaning the kitchen and opened up our water heater closet and found a notebook with names and drawings, as well as a pair of gloves and some gum wrappers. The man had been in our house and had hid until we were asleep. Well, you shouldn't be chewing gum. <laughs> it's this is, The reason why I read this story is because this is my... It's truth, real life, though. That's my scariest scenario. I had... Yeah. There is something in this house that I'm living at where I just hear like, like big thuds. And I, I, so I literally reacted like as if I was going to open the door and see... Because there, there yes. were squatters in my home before. Yes. And so, but I, so I brought up there, and I don't know what this means, but I brought Puffin with me, and I was holding Jerry. And I was just getting ready to throw Jerry at a person. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Chop on him. What is your biggest fear? My biggest fear? Yeah. Jesus uh, Christ, uh, do you have 13 hours here? <laughs> What's your truest uh, fear? Solitary confinement. Yeah. Minor prison. heights. Heights. Yeah. Heights is your truest fear? Truest fear. I can't, I hate heights. <laughs> Honey, you walk around with clouds around your shoulders, you big old fucking goon. <laughs> you upset? No, I'm not upset because I didn't hear you up here. <laughs> <laughs> Little man. <laughs> My biggest fear is failure. Wow! No, it's not. Honestly, wow, no. My biggest fear that is that idea of someone fear is stalking that I do you. Too much. I do do too much. <laughs> do I work too, too much. hard and I care. I care too much. But the idea of like someone stalking you and waiting for your very most vulnerable moment because we've seen it time and time again. Remember the pear shrine, which ended up being in a cum shrine. Yes. <laughs> but it's like that person was so waiting for stories. someone to leave, and that's real. That's a real. Well, that's story. why Parasite was such a fantastic 
I believe horror film. I know you don't yeah. call it that, but I believe it was a horror film. I viewed it as more of a, an intense drama. It was more about because it was about class. <sighs> I don't know. The, yeah, it's just the idea that some person is in your house when you're asleep and just go into the kitchen and pouring himself a glass of milk. He will not have anything to eat in my kitchen. It's very scary. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. All right. For my next story, Henry, I'm going to need your assistance on this one. It's called The Vintage Carousel. I grew up in a pretty crummy town, Nowheresville, mm. a real one-horse piece of crap with a small municipal park that housed a vintage carousel since time immemorial. Hey, Marcus, when are you going to start reading the story? We really don't care about your past. I can't argue with it. I can't argue with it. We're seriously filled with it today. We are full of it. <laughs> you wow. guys are just full of beans over there. We are it's, full it's of just beans. Bean town over I there. I took a huge shit when we took our bathroom break. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. The same elderly guy sat in his little booth in the center, no matter the weather. He would sometimes watch whilst the ornately painted wooden horses paraded by him for the billionth time. Mm. He would always stare back at me and smile a little. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not done with you yet. <laughs> I hate you, I hate you. It's the worst story. Me and my friend Billy used to invent names for the old man when he was out of earshot. Immature stuff like horse's ass and prick draw McGraw. You get it? I like that one. Yeah. Prick draw yeah. McGraw. Sounds good. like a real Jeffrey Tubin. Very good, Henry. I'm so happy you're into television news personalities all of a sudden. I am helping end this. My goal is to help end the Tubin conversation. Okay, great. Thank you. There wasn't much else to do around town. The park was essentially the only place for teenagers to hang out. Billy and I spent many a weekend hearing an endless loop of gaudy organ music, which more than likely drove old Prickdraw insane long ago. Late one spring afternoon, we were in the park as usual, thinking up new monikers for old PD, when he surprised us by emerging from his booth. This was a rare occurrence. And cheerfully waving us towards him. Come here, boys. No, no, no. Don't go. Don't do it. This carousel sure is a beauty, ain't it? Say, do you cowboys ever hear the legend of why each horse is so darn pretty? Is that your Bill Cosby? <laughs> what <laughs> is that? the carousel sure is a beauty. <laughs> don't, don't give him a Bill Cosby voice. No, Just I don't want to. No, I know it. <laughs> nah, sneered Billy. Enlighten us. <gasps> PD leaned back against one of his trusty steeds and stared wistfully at us. Well, the story goes that each of these beasts is secretly alive. But you only see their true form if you switch on the power after sunset. Why else do you think I never operate the old girl at night? That's a real big pile of horseshit. Whoa! Chuckled Billy, which made me blush a little. I was a punk, but I minded my manners. PD gave us both his usual bland grin and said, You fellas should mosey on home. It's getting late, and I'd best call it a day. But we stuck around, mm-hmm. as Billy had decided to call the weird geezer's bluff, especially since we'd noticed that he sometimes absentmindedly left the key in the ignition of the ancient machinery, and oh that goodness. night was such an occasion. Oh my god. We waited a couple of hours until it was good and dark, virtually pitch black, and then crept into the booth and began hitting random buttons and fiddling with a rusty dial. Eventually, the thing sputtered to life, quite literally. (gasps) 
We didn't notice the screams at first, as the organ ditty was almost deafening from where we were standing, but we could see clearly enough. On every post where wooden horses had once stood were human beings, impaled, some through the chest, some through other parts of their anatomy, some wore odd clothing, some had faces I recognized, locals who had vanished over the years. Their cacophony was unbearable. Billy and I hugged each other, trapped in the epicenter. Somehow, over that dreadful noise, we heard Prickjaw's cackling voice. Making these rules for a couple more? He's mean! And that's the story. They, they, they became horses. They became horses! Which is, if, you, oh. if you've seen how horses are kept, is kind of a curse. Absolutely <laughs> it is. Wow. You mentioned organ music, and I didn't want to interrupt a great story, but it did remind me of Tom Green. Daddy, did you want some sausage? Did you want some sausage? He's playing with hot dogs, because I was thinking about organ meats. He created our whole generation. Tom Green's goat. You, I love Tom Green. You went, you went from organ mu- You didn't think of organ music. You didn't think of some nice hot pipes. You thought no, of organ meats. No, I thought meats. of both. I thought of both. Um, <laughs> but I did think, Daddy, do you want some sausage? My mom was on the Swedish. I don't know if any of Tom Green's old stuff holds up, but it, it does in my mind. Every bit yeah. of it does. Yeah, every and, uh, bit of it. Yeah, you I should him. watch him on the Drew Barrymore show. It was very sweet to hear them reminisce. Aww. It made me sad because he's obviously still in love with her. Yes. Well, no. Yes. Oh, he's obviously still in love with her. Really? Yes. He just became page seven. Really? <laughs> wow. Check out page seven. Yes, indeed. I, I got down the rabbit hole of Sandra Bullock and Jesse James. I think she really loved him too, but he cheated on her a bunch. Let's happening? now. This is the story that you sent me. I sent you good ones. You sent me the story. I'm going to do this. We only have one more inch, folks. Whoo! It's been. I know it's been a journey so far, but here we go. This one's called the weird doll with brown eyes. <laughs> His daughter came home with a weird doll that day. She seemed pretty excited about it. He was happy that she was happy, but there was something about that doll. (laughs) Whenever he saw the doll, whether it was lying in the living room or his daughter's room, it always looked at him as though it was staring at him. Its eyes were so real. He could not shake the feeling that they were following him. Those big old brown eyes. Sounds like he wanted to have sex with his daughter's doll. Hey, man, it's lonely being a father. I guess. (laughs) Ask every father you know. Absolutely. He found the doll lying on the table one day and found that its eyes were bloodshot. Oh, oh, it's smoking weed. It's smoking like Tally from Southwood. That could not have been possible. It was a doll. It was not alive. It was a doll. That very moment, his daughter flounced in and grabbed the doll. I don't know what flounced in means. It's Miss Piggy movement. Love Miss Piggy. She said, Look, Daddy, look, Daddy. She said, I drew drew on her eyes and skipped away. So there we go. That's kind of a nice explanation. One day, the father heard loud thumping noises from his daughter's room. He ran to her room and found her playing with the doll with a newly formed scratch upon her cheek. He asked her how she got it. Oh, it was, it just happened while I was playing with the doll. Now it kind of sounds like Puffin. It does. He mm. left the room perturbed. He, I don't know why he would be perturbed, though, but he left the room perturbed. He was perturbed because he had noticed how weird he felt when the doll was around. He had noticed how strangely attached to the doll his daughter was and how strange the doll's eyes were. What he did not notice, however, was a small, squeaky, broken voice whispering the words, 
Don't go, please. That's kind of scary. Don't go, please. Shh, little dolly, said the little girl. We don't want daddy to ruin our play. She's torturing the alive doll. Whoa, <laughs> she's mean. She's making life bad for Annabelle. Yeah. Wow, Annabelle. But cool. All right. It. Very nice. I like it. A lot of dolls today. So this one, this story is a little bit different, but I like it. You like it? I'm getting so good at acting. You really are. <laughs> you like it? You're going to get back to the commercial auditions. <laughs> Tempest Fugit. I'm not an Arctic researcher. I'm not even a natural scientist. I'm a graduate student in business marketing. Really said, it's like I didn't ask any of those things. And it's- I drug women in order to put them to sleep so I can feel their body. Okay. Still, when I caught wind of the opportunity to make serious bank by babysitting an international oceanic research station in the far north of Canada over the winter, I jumped at the chance. And why wouldn't you? I mean, how fun <laughs> does that sound? It would also give me loads of quiet, boring hours in which to write my doctoral thesis called Money making money money making money make your money boom, work for flip you it. that's boom, what he it. writes he actually wrote the book that you learn boom flip it from boom flip it the entire station was crewed by me and two other students a second year geophysicist and a fifth year english literature student our duties involved simply running nightly checks of the station and the seismic monitors we all had work to do so we typically only interacted in the cavernous mess hall at breakfast and dinner it takes you five years to get an english lit degree yeah, it, it takes a long time to go to school and then not have anything to be hireable for. Oh. Yeah, it took me five years to get a creative writing degree. Look oh. at him. Look at him now. Look at that. Yeah, look at me now. Look at me go. New York Times bestseller, Marcus Park. Yes. <laughs> That's honestly, you are the deal. You are technically. You yes. technically did <laughs> yeah. it correct. Yeah. There are other people that are screaming that have been writing and writing and writing and can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they've been writing on post-it notes. <laughs> Hey, days seem too short to you, David, the literature student, asked one morning. I replied that they should be this far up and that they would continue shortening until we entered constant darkness. No, I mean the whole cycle. 24 hours isn't 24 hours. With that, he wandered off to eat a Pop-Tart and left me thinking there was something about the shortening daylight that interacted with his perception of time. So this guy's this guy is saying like blow your mind shit and then he just bites into a strawberry pop tart. Too much sugar. I guess. A week later, I emerged from my quarters looking for cookies. David was sitting alone in the mess. Ready for the nightly check? I asked. David seemed taken aback. Are you are you kidding? I just ate lunch. It was just We looked around the dark room. Eleven AM. <sighs> David sat out of the check that night. And the next. And every check for the next week. I found him in his quarters one morning, unshaven, with bloodshot eyes. He turned to me, the jutting cheekbones and neck muscles, making it apparent he hadn't eaten much. Hmm. If you watch the minutes, every minute, the day stays right, he said before turning back to his clock. Paul and I left him to himself, taking up his responsibilities during the checks. And then Paul missed breakfast. 
I went looking for him, assuming he had gotten a cold before heading out to do the check on my own. Hmm. He answered his door in a chipper mood. Oh, something wrong? I was just about to come have breakfast. He visibly deflated when I told him it was time for the check. Over the next three days, he began checking his wristwatch more and more frequently. He would cry out and get my attention when he noticed missing time. I never corroborated his experience. Time seemed to flow normally. Paul has taken up a table far in the back of the mess, one arm extended to keep track of his watch and the other keeping notes. I've been doing the nightly checks myself for three weeks. Two nights ago, I checked off the last seismograph and turned to hit the mess. Daylight shone in through a window, light that only peeked out around noon each day. I had been on my check for 15 hours. It felt like 30 minutes. Whoa. I love that, because if it was a movie, then you could have a funny line being like, well, I'm not really missing it. You know, like, you'd be like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. where was all the time going? Like, we have a lot of missing time. I can't really say I'm missing it. Wow. Very scary. Cool. If you think about time, we've been talking a lot about time this year. Well, it's yeah. because um, we're experiencing every single little second moment, of it. Little moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this it's like we're really just marinating in how much time there is. Live. And how each day drags, but each month shoots by. It really does. Isn't that strange? It really does. I got one more. It's called I Don't Know What Was Scarier by Impy Real Invective. Ooh, that's a hell of a name. That's cool. It's a hell of a name. After a long day at work, there was nothing that I wanted more than a nice relaxing shower. Under the rivulets of water, I felt the stress and tension wash off me. I stepped out of the shower, silently cursing that it was laundry day, and I had no clean towels to dry off with. Mm. It really wasn't a big deal. I would drip dry and make sure that I took everything to the laundry the next day. I walked around the bedroom, letting the cool night air circulate over my body, which caused my skin to prickle. It was cold outside, but I expected the house should have been a little warmer. I would have to call utilities and see if there might be a problem with my heating. I didn't want to sit on anything for fear of soaking it, so I decided I would lay out my clothes for the next day. I stepped into my closet and pulled the cord to turn on the light bulb that hung from the ceiling. There was a brief flash before something was illuminated that I had not prepared for. A man. In one fist, he clenched an old-fashioned straight razor. In his other hand was a roll of electrical tape and a bag of salt. There was a twisted smile plastered across his face that made his intentions very clear. I wanted to scream, but fear paralyzed my throat. I don't know what was scarier. The realization that I was in this situation stark naked, or the fact that he was too. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Ding dong! Ding dong! That is scary! That is really scary. Like, just like, you can just eyes ski, the scanning down the strange man, be like, oh my god, his dick is up. Whoa! Whoa, I did not expect that. That takes right. it to another level. To finally end our creepypasta uh, oh, okay. saga, I just. We have to complete the triptych of of, of the the erotic yet terrifying uh-huh. world of Guy Fieri. <laughs> Guy Fieri. Every year, this Jordan Spears has sent us a different Guy Fieri erotica, and I need to read this. This I hope this finishes it. I hope so. Yeah, but we're really going to get into it. This is you know, uh, it's it's full of detail. Okay, let's get into it. 
My Curse, My Flavor Town 3. <laughs> Guy's Gooey Games. Oh, Triple G. Guy Fieri walked through the woods of the Pacific Northwest looking for mushrooms and other such things to add his repertoire of flavors. As the self-appointed mayor of Flavor Town, he felt it important to always try and improve on his flavor game. Now, to be fair, I do think he has been voted mayor of Flavor Town by this point. <laughs> At this point, he I has earned it. Him. He yes. has earned it. He's not, yeah, he's not a Putin, no, like, no, false these, election head. No, he's no, gotten there. These are real. Yeah. Nachos aren't going to evolve on their own after all little did he know he was being watched the whole time guy continued walking through the woods vaguely following a path that made sense to him weaving through ferns and keeping his eyes low searching for tasty mushrooms and roots (laughs) i'm certain he does this i'm sure he does eventually the woods opened up to a clearing at the edge of a great body of water guy decided to take a look around the shore for clams or other mollusks to store in his fanny pack (laughs) then he heard it Twigs snapping and foliage rustling. A high-pitched cry broke the relative silence. And Guy felt an odd stirring within himself. As an eternal being, he occasionally felt things here and there. Vague feelings of recognizing other creatures of such power. What he felt now was much more primal. (laughs) Without even meaning to, Bigfoot had let out the long, frustrated cry. It knew that it desperately needed the man's attention. And it needed something else, too. The sweet release of years of pent-up passion. Oh, my. Bigfoot walked out of the forest towards the man, its swollen, girthy dingus bouncing between its hairy legs. (laughs) The man froze upon seeing Bigfoot, but a smile slowly spread across his face as he took note of Bigfoot's erect love dart. (laughs) Hey there, big fella, the man called out. I think you have just what I need right now. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I have a few things that'll make your day, too. Whoa. Across the body of water, a long-necked beast posted, poked its head out of the depths, intent on watching the scene unfold on the shore. It wasn't often that Ogopogo was able to see acts <laughs> of such bestial passion. Wow. Is that the Loch Ness Monster? No, it's Ogopogo. It's a different. It's, it's different. 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 Guy unbuttoned his trademark flame embroidered shirt, but didn't remove it. What he did remove was his sweet jean shorts and fanny pack. He adjusted his sunglasses to fit comfortably on the back of his hand. <laughs> Standing there, with his own engorged love muscle exposed in the bright sunlight, like some kind of golden god, he waited for the Sasquatch to make its move. Maybe it was time to kick it up a notch and entice his new playmate. He turned around and bent over, spreading his cheeks wide for the huge beast to see. <laughs> Bending at the waist and folding himself almost in half, he stuck his head in between his spread legs and yelled, Dinner is served, baby. Time to take a trip to Flavortown. I heard you mostly eat berries and plants, but today you're going to be a meat eater. Whoa. <laughs> Not fully in control of itself, Bigfoot slowly advanced on Guy. He took up position behind him and bent at the knees, almost as if in prayer. (laughs) Bigfoot gripped Guy's hips and pulled Guy towards his face. Sticking his dry, wide tongue out, he started licking Guy's balloon knot while Guy shrieked in ecstasy. Time passed and Bigfoot was ready for some release of his own and decided to enter Guy. As Bigfoot speared Guy... Guy's mind drifted back uh-huh. to memories from a lifetime ago, dwelling on the time he spent with a young man just starting to dabble in mysticism named Alistair Crowley. He spent months with him, teaching him secret skills and how best to power bottom. He hmm. hoped he made good use of them. Yeah. 
Guy was snapped out of his daydream when Bigfoot let loose another high-pitched cry. Oh! And then it was time. Bigfoot blasted his load into Guy, but he found that he couldn't stop coming. In fact, he couldn't even pull out. His balls were pulled out through his pee hole as he kept spraying load after load into Guy's voracious ass. <laughs> Welcome to my flavor trap, Guy yelled, and then started cackling. The I suction- swear, it's a twist! <laughs> The, guy's, the suction of Guy's ass started to increase steadily. Bigfoot was panicked at this point. He was striking Guy as hard as he could with his arms, trying to bite him, but it was no use. More and more of Bigfoot was being sucked inside Guy until all that was left was Bigfoot's screaming head. But even that, too, was pulled inside. Erupting like Mount St. Helens, Guy let loose a satisfied moan and spewed forth the skeleton of Bigfoot from his gaping urethra like a twisted Mortal Kombat fatality. Huh. Bigfoot's essence was now inside Guy, and he thought that legendary life force would sustain him for months to come. After recovering some, after recovering from such strenuous activity, he buttoned his shirt back up and collected his things. Across the water, a wave of cascading pleasure cra- crashed over Ogopogo, hmm. and it spurted a beautiful clutch of eggs all over the shore. Guy scooped them up and put them inside his fanny pack, then went on its way in search of new flavors and lives to consume. Interesting. Although I do think there is something flawed in the logic here. Guy does not like eggs. He doesn't huh. like eggs. So I think really? that, uh, he does not like this eggs. This is not canon. It's just That's, one of the strangest it, things of all time. He's missing out. E- eggs can be a wonderful addition. He doesn't to like eggs. It's also a very, it's a, it's a base food. You yeah. know, it's pretty important in cooking, but he doesn't like it. He doesn't like them. Because you don't got to put eggs on nachos. And if he doesn't go on a nacho, <laughs> well, it's no good to guy. Eggs on nachos is just called chili killers. Yeah, oh. It's great. No kidding. All right, there it was. <laughs> Spooky spaghetti, creepy pasta, magical minestrone, whatever you want to call it. That was so fun. And are we going to be doing this? We'll be doing some more creepy pastas as well, right? Every once in a while. Yeah. We normally like to we like to leave you wanting more when it comes to the creepy pasta. I definitely think they want more. They, yeah. they are. I, I don't the, know. You know, in certain stories, I think that once they get through the post-it note, like scenario, <laughs> like once they get hey through man, all of that, that they're was the sit- scariest tale yet. That was a tr- that was a that was a twofer. But we're in spooky season. That's why we want to keep it spooky. Next week we're gonna get fucked up though, which I'm very looking forward to. It is one of the most unbelievable stories I have ever came across, and it's true. All right. Well, I hope when you say came across, you did not actually do that. He doesn't come anymore. <laughs> he does. well, yes, he does. Of course he does. Yeah, you yeah. saw, but I thought you build. I thought you mostly I you came have, today. Sting. I came today, Henry. <laughs> you, Why do you make this man admit this over the national broadcasting <laughs> yeah, era? You I'm glad that you did. You keep talking about how I can't come, and you he keep saying it over and over again. My semen, my business, Henry. That's my so, semen, my business. And that's you why forced me. You forced me to this fucking position. You did force him. He doesn't. He didn't force you to say so much. But. And that's when we'll have our first my semen, my business shirts coming out on lastpodcastmerch.com. We go and check it out. You yeah. can yourself can tell other people to pay attention to themselves and their own semen my instead of getting it getting into my semen business. My yeah, semen, where? my business, and business is frothy. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing okay out um, there. This week we got twitch.tv slash last podcast yes. network Saturday night, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We got Marcus Parks. <gasps> I've been saying Carolina Hidalgo Parks just because it's fun. Yeah, you can say I it. it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's technically your name. Yeah, but it is her yeah, Carolina Professionally, Hidalgo. she's Carolina Hidalgo. Yeah, yeah, because if she changed her name to Carolina Parks, uh, it would be an ungoogleable name because it, it would, would just bring up a bunch of parks in North and South Carolina. Yes, Absolutely. you're completely yeah, yeah. correct. Honestly, that's incredibly smart. 
I didn't even think about that. It's just then, her name. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I knew because, you know, when you type in Marcus Parks, it mostly brings up Marcus Parks named after Marcus Garvey. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, who knew? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, I learned it. Learned, wow, learned that one. What, what a crushing... What a crushing blow. Yes, indeed. <laughs> what a crushing blow to a broadcaster. But yes, we but are. also Ed Larson is on the, uh, the stream as well. So yeah. you can yeah. see, yeah, yeah. see his blood pressure on there as and well. So we're going to try to do more on the Twitch. So November 1st, actually, Eddie, myself, and Travis Irvine, not Travis Morningstar, we're going to show snippets of our little documentaries that Travis Irvine made. That's great. And uh, then you can also do audience interaction, do yeah, all kind of shit. So we're going to try yeah. to keep, uh, keep that... Twitch stream coming out. And this Hell week's yeah. charity for Haunt Your House is we are we are raising money for Autobar, which yep. is one of the first venues that we have ever we ever performed uh, like outside Iconic. of New York as last podcast. Murderfist performed there, Cowman performed there. Like it is it's a Milk very banana. important spot to the us. Yeah, oh, Mel Banana's fucking sick. But we there. I miss Autobar and I hope yeah. that they do well. But that's what we said before. In this time period, I don't know what the fuck we're supposed to do. It seems to be because the government won't do anything, we all have to choose a business that we want to live. Well, we can take <laughs> care of it, and let's just try to help out as much yeah. as possible. And, and we owe a lot to Autobar. Autobar gave us a chance way back in the early days, so uh, yeah, we're supporting. And uh, thank you all so much for everyone who has donated, been watching the stream. It's We've been got, incredible. What, about mm-hmm. ten thousand, almost ten thousand, like eight thousand bucks have been has been raised. It's been so great. honestly, thank you all so much. I know, I know, uh, purse strings are strapped right now. So the fact that you are giving is uh, is really awesome. Those of so, you that yeah. can uh, have been, and then honestly, just having you be there. It's just so fucking cool because I think during this time period, we all kind of need each other. We need you as much as you need us. I'm very excited that we could be here making yucks during the apocalypse. Oh, Hell right. Yeah. Apocalypse. Apocalypse. But the, good. Apocalypse. It is, is apocalypse. <laughs> I feel that. But thank you guys. Happy fucking Halloween. We still, we're still, we got a week of it left. There's still a week of Halloween. You know? I love it. Halloween sure. is in the heart. So it really doesn't matter. It's a year round. Cholesterol's in my heart. Yes, indeed it is. That's the true horror. Okay, everyone, hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Gein. Magustalations. Hail me. Hail me. I will if you write another post-it note. That is just the dumbest fucking way for a demon to communicate. Well, tell it to the demon. I just did. (laughs) This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Saving money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.